You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. I'm excited about my guests today, but before I get into it, I'm going to give my quote like I always do. Don't be distracted by criticism. Remember, the only taste of success that some people get in life is taking a bite out of you, Zig Ziglar. So my encouragement is, I actually put this up the other day. I'm going to take my time and find it because it's an it's an important message. I kind of took that and and I said to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. Otherwise, expect all three when you're elevating and winning. So just it comes with it, man. It comes with it. But I'm excited to announce my guest today, Laura Cates. Laura Cates obtained her real estate license in 2020, sold four homes that year as a part-time agent. She moved full-time in January of 2021, joined the Terrence's team or TM5 team, sold 28 homes right at 10 million. And this year she is on track to double her sales at 20 to 25 million in the Broncos Station area. Welcome her to the show today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So on the real estate entrepreneur, what we try to do is feature people from all categories of life. So real estate sales, real estate investing and entrepreneurship. And we're going to tell your story and your success story and everything that you've done. But before we get into all that, give us a two minute rundown of who you are and how you even became a real estate entrepreneur and got into real estate. So yes, my name is Laura. I got my real estate license at the end of 2019, joined Team 5 as independent brokerage January of 2020. And I've been living in College Station since 2015. I did not go to A&M, just kind of happened upon here. I grew up in San Diego and I've just loved College Station. It's been awesome. Met my husband in 2017 and then we got married in 2021. But yeah, real estate has been amazing. It's something that I'd always kind of wanted to do growing up. Well, not really growing up, but as I guess since I graduated high school. And it was just kind of one of those things I was like, oh, maybe someday, maybe someday. And then when I moved to Texas and was really trying to figure out career-wise what I wanted to do, real estate fell into my lap again. So I just decided I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to pursue this. We'll see what happens. And it's been the best decision that I've ever made. Man, that's awesome. So before we get into all the business stuff, let's just pull back. You said San Diego. Yes. <laughs> what the hell are you doing in College Station? No, I'm just joking. Yeah. No. So obviously growing up in San Diego, beautiful weather, 75 year round. Do you, do you plan on, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, how you're actually working on growing your organization with attracting agents nationwide. But do you still have ties in San Diego? I do. Yes. I have my whole family is still in San Diego. So real estate market is a little different in College Station than it is in San Diego. Yes. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as we were going and, and really kind of walking through that, you got into sales. Like you mm -hmm. said, you joined the brokerage. You were an individual agent. So one of the biggest questions, because I feel like some of my audience they have reached out to me at times and they say, we love the guests that you're bringing on, mm -hmm. but we feel a little disconnected from some of the real estate entrepreneurs, sales agents, brokers, because they almost feel like some of us are so far along that they can't connect. So it's been, I'm excited to have you on the show. Not that your success isn't there because we're going to talk about that, but you're newer into the industry. And so you can really encourage people that are listening to the podcast that if you can do it, we can do it. But not only that, it doesn't take 10 years to see success. So what's the three myths that you have heard about real estate agents that they kind of feel like they have to have or learn that you've realized now that I'm in the industry, that's not what it is? Yeah, um, three myths. So number one would definitely be that it's an easy industry to get into. 
I mean, it's definitely it's a lot of hard work for sure. You have to put in the time, you have to put in the effort, take the classes, do the training, learn all the things. Agents that don't have mentors, I think, are kind of setting themselves up for failure right out the gate. I was very fortunate to have Katie Langthorne be my mentor when I first started real estate, and I would be totally lost without her and with you, yeah. um, just because that gave me the stepping stones to be successful. For sure. So really trying to get your systems in place would be another one. So if you mm. think you can just kind of dive into it and I mean, yes, there's part of it is figuring it out as you go, but not having a CRM is setting yourself up to fail. Really just not, or being a secret agent is another one mm. too. 007. Yes. So really just, I mean, talking to your spirit doesn't have to be if, you know, if you hate cold calling, if you hate door knocking, you don't have to start there. You can start with just the people, you know, friends, family, other colleagues from past careers, things like that. Myth number three, um, time blocking. That is very important. So you have to set yourself up on a schedule, even though we're independent agents, we run our own, you know, we're our own boss, essentially. But if you don't run yourself as a boss, you're gonna fail, for sure. So and that's been a hard lesson to learn, because there's days, especially when I was brand new, oh, you know, I don't have to get this done today, I can do it tomorrow. Or, you know, I'm happy with the amount of clients I have right now. I'll lead Jen again next week, things like that. So if you're not consistent, that's where you can really fall behind. And if you don't keep the pipeline full, that's when things, you know, filter, slow down. And then you're stuck with no clients because like you say all the time, this is the one industry that once you do a good job and you close the sale, you just fired yourself. <laughs> so, you know, you have to you have to keep that pipeline strong. Yeah, yeah. So it's a weird industry because you grind, you build momentum. You do your job, your buyers love you, your sellers love you, you take photos, you get cookies, you do all the closing gift stuff. And then the moment they walk away, it's like losing a friend. It's like, man, they don't need me no more. Yeah. They're in their home, they're smiling, they're, or they sold their house and they moved away. Some of my best transactions have always been listings. And most of the time they're leaving town. Yeah. I'm like, my biggest fan just went to New York. Yep. My biggest fan just went to, you know, Houston or whatever. And so when you have that, you got to have systems that are repeatable and build business. So as we think about that, and let's not just skimp over the numbers, right? Your first year in sales, full-time sales, you did right at 10 million in sales. Yes. This year, you're on pace to double that and do 20 million. And here's the thing why I think that's a big deal, because it's a competitive market for buyers. It's starting to you know, slow down a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's been competitive. And you've done that a lot with buyers. Yes. So how do you, what would be the one thing that you feel like really set you apart to do 10 million in volume your first year? Really having good systems in place. Um, I've really figured out my groove over the last year of just how I like to run my business and my clients because everybody is different. So what works for one person might not work for me. And so it's just kind of been fine tuning some of those details. I love working with buyers, especially first time home buyers. I love the education side behind things. But I really am trying to focus more this year into the listing side and becoming more of a listing agent just because that's when I can leverage the most of my time and I'm not driving around town, all that kind of stuff, which is, again, I still love doing. So it's hard to let go of the buyers and move fully into listings. But that yeah. is the ultimate goal. Let's give people the, the, the reason why at some point you have to start leveraging, you know, sellers versus buyers. Because remember, I would say the average agent, if you just take that one agent can work four to six buyers at a time versus that same agent can leverage 12 to 15 to 18 listings at a time. So what's the what's the reason behind why you want to get listings? I guess I just gave the <laughs> gave the answer. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly that, because it's really time best spent. So you're going to 
you know, I mean, if you break it down commission wise, you're still getting 3% on the buy side or 3% on the sell side. So your time best spent is getting more listings because at the end of the day, whether I drove around the same buyer to 20 properties, I'm still getting paid that 3% commission versus if I have listings, I, you know, it's a much shorter process going through the listing side where I'm still getting the same end result as far as compensation goes. So yeah, and like you said, you know, you can take on a lot more listings in a month than you can buyers because you're spending less time with that one client. Yeah, leverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leads listing leverage. Yeah, so most agents jump in the game. And one of the questions that we always get in Clubhouse, I get it on social media. I get it. People responding, responding to our podcast is I'm a brand new agent. Should I join a team or should I be my own agent? What would be your feedback to that? Yeah. So 2020, when I first got my license, I was an independent agent. Um, I did have a mentor, as I mentioned before, which no matter if you're joining a team or if you are an independent agent, make sure you have a mentor. Make sure even if you're joining a team, make sure there are mentors in place that are going to help you that can answer all your questions. Because as a new agent, you're going to have 8,000 questions and it's normal. But then, you know, so 2020, I was an independent agent. COVID hit. So that was a big learning curve trying to, one, figure out real estate, two, do it in a pandemic. So I only sold four transactions that entire year. And then 2021, I joined the Team 5 team and I sold 28 transactions that year. Mm -hmm. So huge difference. Um, I was also, you know, doing it a little more part-time in 2020, just trying to figure things out, but then really dedicating myself to being a full-time agent and having the team, the systems, more accountability that that was huge for me, just having that team accountability, because it's not just me that is, I'm not just relying on myself to make sure I'm doing what I need to do, make sure I'm lead genning and filling up the pipeline and getting transactions closed. It's now, okay, the team is also relying on me. So if we're not working together, and if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then I'm also, I'm not just letting myself down, I'm letting the team down. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's been the biggest thing with teams, like the right environment where, you know, some people don't do well with accountability, but the right accountability, because no one wants to have somebody's thumb on their back. Like, right. you know, I don't lead y'all that way. I mm-hmm. just say, get it done or don't. But this is what happens if you don't. This is what happens if you do. If you do it, you'll succeed. If you don't, we make pivots. And um, I think the thing that we need to talk about is you have a heart to help other people mm-hmm. because you know how hard it is to transition from another career into real estate sales. Now that you have succeeded so fast at at not only early age, but early in your career, you love mentoring people. So tell me your thought process on when going from T and five as an individual brokerage and being an agent there. Let's let's just the team is the team. But now being an in, you know an agent at EXP, what have been some of the changes that have benefited you by coming over to EXP? Yeah, um, training is huge. So we have the EXP world, which is like a metaverse, and then there are. I want to say like 80 plus hours a week of training and there's all different topics. So you can go into if you want to get better at for sale by owner, if you want to get better at expireds, if you just need to brush up on your contracts, there are so many classes that you can just plug into for an hour and you can get all the answers or at least most of the answers and then talk about it with other people because you're live in a classroom with your little avatar, (laughs) (laughs) which is still that was the weirdest thing getting on there, but it's been awesome. So, you know, you you have the opportunity to be in a live classroom setting and ask the, you know, teacher questions, but you're sitting at your house or in the office or wherever. So that's been huge, just being able to really leverage that of not, you know, 
taking your time out of your day to drive to a classroom or pay for all these classes and things like it's all included, which is awesome. So yeah, training's been huge. And then even just the networking among agents. So we, you know, Elizabeth Riley in Austin, she has a lot of AHA clubs once a month that I love to go to. And it's networking with not just agents in College Station, but agents in Austin, agents in Houston, agents in Dallas. So now I'm building up my referral network, which, you know, with the independent brokerage and just being in College Station, that there weren't as many opportunities to do that. So it's, yeah, that's been huge. And then, of course, we all learn from each other, too. So we have different topics and trainings and things that we go to. Yeah. Somebody's really strong at one thing, they give you some ideas, and then you can kind of bounce back and forth with each other. Coach V. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's something else. Yeah. And if you guys listened to previous episodes, you heard you heard about Valencia Gibson. So she's got a really good episode. But I want to circle back to this before I get into some of my other questions. You talked about first time home buyers. And right now there's more people entering the space to buy their first home than ever, just because obviously our population is growing. Our rooftops are growing. All these things are happening at the same time. Interest rates are up. If you were talking to, to a first-time home buyer, not that you need to do a whole buyer consultation, but what are some of the points that we would cover? Is it pre-approval? Is it this? Is it representation? IBS? What are some of the things that you feel like if people are listening to this podcast as a real estate agent or an investor or a buyer, what would that look like to kind of walk through that process? Yeah. So first thing I would say is home ownership is possible. It might not be possible this year, but it's definitely possible. And I mean, as you know, everybody has the right to own a home. So even if you're renting right now and you think that is a so far-fetched goal of the future, I would encourage you to just go talk to a lender. Take those first steps because you don't know what you don't know. So try going through the pre-approval process, see what you qualify for now. If let's say maybe now is not the right time to buy a home, you can talk to your lender about steps that you can take as a current renter to get on track to purchase a home. Um, so really having lender partners is great. I've been really fortunate to make some great l- local lender partners here in Bryan College Station. The other thing is, yes, this market is crazy, but don't get discouraged. So, you know, we may have to go in, we have to get creative, we may have to go in over asking a little bit, but we're going to find you a house. So that's really the one thing is, that just always breaks my heart is when, you know, we have, I have first time home buyers and it might take a couple of times putting offers in and getting those offers rejected, unfortunately. But I truly believe that house is out there. God has a plan. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. So yeah. just really going in with that right mindset that it might not be the first house, but we're going to find you a house. That's good. So, so let's keep going. What are some of the strategies that you've been coached on or you're using to get those first time home buyers in on a multiple offer situation? Are you writing handwritten letters to get inventory off the market? Kind of lead me down a path to, hey, here's some tactics that I, Laura, use to get my clients inventory or get them get them winning a deal. Yeah. So really it's, okay, so the average home price in College Station right now is $300,000. So we'll just use that number. So let's say first time home buyer, they're pre-approved for $300,000. Well, we know that price point is very hot. We have cash buyers coming in. We have investors coming in. So we need to be strategic when we're putting offers in so we can beat out those cash offers and those investors and whoever else. So one thing that I've really encouraged my buyers to do is, yes, you're approved for 300, but let's start looking at properties in the 250 range. So we kind of lower the price point a little bit. So that way it gives us a little more leverage so we can then, you know, if they have some they don't have to bring as much to closing. We can leverage some of their cash funds if you know they're able to. Um, so we can go over list price a little bit and then you know stay still stay under their target price. That's been one thing. And then 
really just, you know, being aggressive with option period repairs, things like that. I mean, I still encourage everybody to get an inspection done because you just never know what you're buying and it's always a good idea. Yeah. And then as far as, you know, if we're if we're putting offers in and then we're not getting offers or maybe it's just a matter of they're not just finding the right house. Mm -hmm. Like we've looked at a few houses. They're not really wanting to put offers in on anything. We just haven't found that one. Really just going back to the drawing board and just taking time and listening to them, finding their motivation, what they really need in their home. And then if it's not on the market, I mean, I'm going to find it. So knowing what neighborhoods they want to be in, what school zones they need to be in, and then just making phone calls to sellers or to homeowners and saying, hey, would you ever consider selling your home? Yes. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I think last question, then we'll pivot. A lot of times agents, and I think this fad is kind of slowly transitioning out because, you know, the average agent in America was 55 years old. And so it was always this, well, I've been doing this for 30 years. Laura, you've only been doing it for two years. And then what happens is as real estate agents now in their 20s and 30s and 40s are getting in the industry, they're not only not 55, but they're brand new agents. And they always feel discouraged when they're trying to compete for business because like, well, I'm not only young, I don't have a lot of experience. How have you crafted your unique selling proposition, your USP to combat that, right? Is it, hey, well, they could be in the industry for 20 years, but here's the production. Like, what, what have you done to combat that? Yeah, so that's really the big thing. And I get that a lot because people, when they're interviewing agents, whether it's on the listing side or the buy side, they always want to know, how long have you been in the industry? And so, you know, my how long I've been in here since 2020, I mean, two years is not a long time if you're looking at some of the agents that I've been doing it for 20, 30 years. But I always follow up with, but I have done almost 50 transactions in the last year and a half. Yeah. So, yes, I've only been an agent for two years, but this is my full time job. This is what I'm this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I do. So, yes, you can go talk to an agent who's been doing it for 20 years. But what does their production look like? There you go. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like quality over quantity. Yes. Um, But really quantity over quality, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like a double-edged sword because you get somebody who's been in the industry 30 years. And if they've done two deals a year for 30 years, that's barely 60 transactions. Like, well, we do 60 transactions in a a month or so. Two months. So, yeah, because I'd much rather have a surgeon who's done 100 heart surgeries in the last six months, then a surgeon who's been in the industry for 20, 30 years, and he's doing one or two a year. He's not going to be as sharp as the surgeon who's consistently doing the same procedure over and over and over. And that's why we really focus on the Henry Ford model on our team, creating specialists within the transaction. And we just get really good at doing the same thing over and over. Yes. And it's about staying up to date with the current trends in the market. Because if you want to work with an agent who's only done two transactions, then they're not going to be as familiar with this crazy market because I've already done more transactions than that this year. So, And the market is cyclical. It changes. Like it's pivoting right now. Mm -hmm. We got to start changing our strategy. But I love it because it reminds me of sports. You can literally go out in the first quarter and something work. And 10 minutes later, it's like, we got to do something different. You got to pivot like right now. Yep. And no two days are ever the same. So that's, no. I mean, that's what makes it fun and keeps it interesting. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's the closest thing I can find to sports. Yeah. Especially like reacting in the moment mm-hmm. where it's like we're running full speed. I mean, some of us guys can run 20 miles an hour literally. Like we're faster than like literally animals. We're running four 340s. And the things that we're doing and you're having to make a decision while you're running full speed, that's why people are always like, man, you're so intense and you're so like, because I played football. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so used to something happening at hyper speed. So if it's not happening fast enough for me, I'm like, okay, we got to speed this up. This is taking too long.
So we got this one section, Lori. All right, let's see how competitive you are. All right, let's go. You know about it. You know it's coming. <laughs> so we got it like uh, it's, it's a coming in hot section. You got five questions. The record is what, 23-9 or 24 seconds? You got to answer five questions with one word or one sentence. Okay. You try to expand on it, you will not break the all-time record. Okay. And then we're going to ask these questions. So you ready? Yes, let's go. All right. So I ask, you answer. Okay. Ready? Go. College degree or no college degree? No college degree. What is your greatest challenge as a child? Having to be liked by everybody. What was your first attempt at entrepreneurship? Uh, selling baked goods when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> what was the worst, worst real estate advice you've ever received? Don't join an independent brokerage. Oh, wow. Who is the person who made the biggest impact on your career? Um, I have three. Katie Linkthorne, Elizabeth Riley, and you. Oh, 24, 24. <laughs> what was it, 23, 9? No, no, I think it was right at 24. It's right at 24. Uh, you missed it by right. 0.24 Dang, that was so close. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You wanted to talk extra on that I one. I know. I could tell you wanted to keep There's going. There's so many. Yep. Yep. I didn't pay her to say I, I made an impact on her career. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Hey, it's just the truth. I didn't pay her. So, uh, shameless plug. All right, so as we pivot, what do you feel like young real estate agents should be paying attention to on their radar that may not be on their radar? Really, you, what brokerage you join, I think, can make or break you as an agent. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, like we said before, I was fortunate enough to join TM5 as an independent brokerage. I interviewed other brokerages around town. I mean, definitely take your time to interview. Go see what's out there because you need yep. to find the right place that you feel confident calling home. But yeah, I mean, if you don't, if they don't have training, if they don't have coaches, if they don't have mentors to really get you set up for success, then that is not the right brokerage to be at just on a basic level. Mm -hmm. As you were getting in the industry, what do you feel like now that I'm here, this was a lot harder to crack into than I thought. What is one of those things that you like, man, like you really got to buckle down if you want to do 30 million in volume or whatever. What is that one issue or thing that you feel like is harder to crack than you thought? Yeah, really time blocking. Um, mm. I struggle struggled with that. Um, I'll still say struggle. I will still say struggle because it is always one of those things where I can get distracted really easily with what is going on right now. And yeah. so if I have clients that need something or, you know, even and like you say all the time, there's no emergencies in real estate. So I always have to remind myself, okay. I'm going to get to this client. I'll acknowledge that they called me or that they texted me. But is this something that has to get done right now? Or can I focus on what I was currently focusing on? Mm -hmm. um, so really just having a good schedule and not breaking away from that schedule. So even though you are your own boss and you're doing whatever you want to do, you still have to almost create this pretend boss that you can, you know, report back to at the end of the day. Look over your schedule. Did I actually stick to my time block or where are areas that I could have improved upon yeah. throughout the day. So no, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You may be writing notes, Kyle. You should have some good nuggets off of this. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that people kind of throw in real estate, they talk about networking and what do you feel like for you has been the best networking opportunity that you see? Cause you got introverts, extroverts, whatever for you, what has it been? Yeah. So I am a networker. That's my strong suit for sure. I am not a big fan of making cold calls. I definitely don't like door knocking. Um, I love being around people and talking to people and building relationships. So that is my bread and butter are networking events. There's a chamber of commerce here in town. That's a good one to go to. Um, also, the A&M Club has been the best networking event that I've gone to. Yeah. So Aggie Network is all over the place. 
which has been just a really neat thing to kind of tie into, even though I didn't go to A&M. But so Aggies are so welcoming. So yeah. it's just kind of part of the culture. But it's been really fun just learning about that. And then, yeah, but I would say even if you're not in College Station, really just find those networking events, whether it's agent related or, you know, just group, a club, something that you're interested in. Yeah. There's sports teams really anything. Just get around the people that you enjoy hanging out with and then just start making relationships and connections. Love it. Yeah, because it flows naturally. I think one of the things I always tell agents when I'm training them is don't have commission breath. Mm -hmm. Like everywhere you go, you don't want to be that realtor. <laughs> you see people at soccer games, at church events, like at a, about to walk into a premiere movie and you're trying to ask somebody about if you know anybody looking to buy or sell real estate, man, if you don't get the hell out of my face, <laughs> like I don't, you don't want to be that real estate agent. Right. And where where people go wrong, though, is they go away from that extreme and they become 007 agents where they're like, well, I don't want to be salesy and I don't want to talk to people and I don't want to bother them. So there's a balance within the business hours. Go get it and have have real estate conversations. But at church, at a soccer game, at a movie premiere, I don't want you coming up asking me for my business card right now. So you just got to know the setting. Yeah. And just kind of know where you're at. For sure. And people like to talk about themselves. So if you can just start a conversation, I mean, if I say, you know, hey, Terrence, what do you do for work? You're going to tell me. And then the natural thing is, what do you do for work? So then yeah. the conversation is going to come up. You don't have to have, like you said, commission breath and be that agent who's always like, oh, here's my business card as soon as you meet somebody. Doesn't flow well. No. No. And they're, they're not going to use you because you gave them your business card. Right. You know, it's very clear. They say people do business with people they trust and people do business with people they have a relationship with. Now, off of that, most of them are referrals, but that referral came from somebody else you had a relationship with, whether it's another agent in another market or a past client or a personal SOI, which is spirit of influence. It's going to come from those three. Now, you can go lead generate and drum up business, make phone calls, get signed calls, get listing calls, that internet calls, cool. But the majority of your business is going to come from your spirit of influence, from your past clients, right? And from any business networking groups that you're in. Yeah. And kind of the mindset that I have, too, is your commission check is the bonus that you get for doing a good job for working with some awesome people. So really just making the relationship. And I mean, I like I've met some super awesome clients that I love working with. Like I make sure I stay in touch with them, not just about real estate. Like I'll just check in and see how they're doing and just kind of keep those friendships going. And then I just I basically get paid to do what I love. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. So let's talk about this. What is the one take? service that everyone should be using that they're not using, probably looking into in the next upcoming months? I would think the EXP model for sure. EXP is a cloud brokerage. So that in itself is it's tech. tech. Yeah. yeah. The metaverse that they have set up in there with EXP world and everything. I mean, I think eventually, you know, Facebook's now turning into the metaverse and all that. So I mean, that's the direction things are going. That's the future, whether you like it or not, it's yep. definitely going to be there. So really just kind of jumping in on it sooner and learning the systems and being adaptable, I think is going to be payoff in the long run. That's good. So. Yeah. So tech for you is EXP, Realty, Metaverse, mm -hmm. cloud-based brokerage. Yes. Yep. And having a good CRM for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> so when you look at your life, right, we have this thing called the moonshot. That means this is like our shoot to the moon. This is our idea for ourselves. It's called your moonshot, not someone else's, not your parents, not your spouse, not, you know, what's your moon spot, moonshot, like your goal or your dream that you think you want to do this crazy. People think it's impossible, but it's your moonshot. What is that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's nothing too crazy, but really I want to get to the point where my husband and I can own enough investment properties that all of our monthly bills are paid just with the cash flow from those properties, paying my kids, future kids college tuition with just the cash flow. And then really when Elizabeth Riley's, when she was on your podcast, she mentioned the Die With Zero book. So I read that and it was a really, I mean, it was a great book. So definitely recommend that. But he talked about that on one of his birthdays, I forget if it was his 50th, 50th or 60th, he took all of his friends and family on this awesome vacation. And so he's like, why would I put, you know, pay $20,000 that I'm going to save for my future funeral one day that I don't even get to enjoy when I could be spending that money now with family and friends and making memories and doing all the things with people that I love. So I was like, that's kind of a cool yeah. mindset and a concept. And so, yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. Like for my 50th birthday is go on some Caribbean island and just buy whoever wants to come. Just come oh, on. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> no, nah, that's giving me ideas and thoughts now. And so you let me right into it. So all of the people we have on the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast, we tell them to bring a book. Mm-hmm. You recommend it, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. What has that book done for you and why did you you know, suggest it? Yeah. So I read that book for the first time in 2020. I got It was recommended to me by somebody else. And Uh, It was just kind of one of those, like, he talks about it more on like a physical side of things where he was a Navy SEAL. He compete or completed um, SEAL and BUDS training like on or in Hell Week on two broken legs, like just conquering these impossible feats. So he's, I mean, an incredible guy himself, but it's more just pushing those mental barriers of your mind because your mind's going to tell you this is hard. Let's give up. We don't want to do this. This is uncomfortable. Just being able to push past those mental barriers to the other side because there is greatness out there. And if you just can get out of your comfort zone a little bit, then, you know, it's great things are going to happen. So it's that's always my kind of go to book for when maybe I'm feeling really overwhelmed with things or I just kind of need a reset. That's my like good kick in the butt. book. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. Just seeing how much you have grown in the last couple of years and seeing where you're headed and the leadership roles that you're taking and how you're really putting yourself out there and stretching and driving to Austin and pouring into our team agents and keeping Jabari and Henry and Viet and everybody under <laughs> under control. That's a job in itself. Yes. So you, we need to give you a shirt like... <laughs> What is it? Zookeeper is what we need to <laughs> yes. we need to put zookeeper on your shirt. So but all that being said, all jokes aside, I'm proud of you, Lord. I really am. And Thanks. thank you for your friendship and yeah. your loyalty and looking out for me in Vegas. So final thoughts. What do you want to leave our listeners with? And then where can people find you? Yeah. So just really encouraging to any new agent, you know, just getting out there, starting the game. Don't be discouraged. I mean, it definitely takes time. Just keep your head down, keep grinding. Figure out your systems, figure out your people and your tribe, because that's going to make a huge difference. Get yourself a good mentor. And then you can find me um, I'm on Instagram. My uh, username is Laura Cates underscore real estates. I'm on Facebook, Laura Cates. And I don't really, I don't, yeah, Facebook and Instagram is probably the best way to reach me. So there you go. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you again for being here. Laura, proud of you. Guys, go check out our story. Like I said, to be in College Station, average sales price was it two seventy five, three hundred thousand. Putting up these kind of numbers, first year in the game, she's a grinder. She makes it happen, and she's always in Clubhouse five days a week. So, if you want to hear her speak and be able to speak to her directly, check out the Clubhouse room that we put on every day. All right, see you soon. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 